Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is Jackie and Becca, because the Ad Doctor is at Online Sales Academy. Yes. Uh, at, he's, yeah. not, he's actually at it. It sounds like he's attending a webinar. He's actually physically there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear his experience. I don't know if he'll be jumping on next time to discuss it, but oh, yeah. Yeah. we miss them. I'm sure. It's nice. Nice being on. Actually, though. it'll be perfect timing because we'll be. It'll be just us next week without a guest. So oh. maybe that's what we'll do. Is we'll just pick his brain and have him share his insights. I already. I'll give you just a taste. I was like, "What was your biggest takeaway from day one uh, over Slack?" And he said, "My biggest takeaway is that the online salesperson and the marketer should be completely connected at the yeah. hip because yes. they have so much insight into what customers are saying and thinking mm-hmm. in a way that he just he just." And I agree with them. Generally, still, we, most people do not do a good enough job as seeing it as this insight into what customers are, are doing and thinking way beyond analytics, but way beyond what a CRM can tell you. Your online salesperson uh, probably has some awesome insights. So yeah, we'll get into more of that with him next time. Yes. And let's yeah. be honest, we feel Ad Doctor will not hold back. I feel oh, like no. <laughs> he's the perfect person to give us like the unfiltered thoughts yep. of his learning experience. So. <laughs> yes. He does awesome. he never holds back. Yeah. Well, quick story time. Uh, I just want to give, I was putting together um, the finishing touches on a professional builder article that won't publish. I don't think until May that's, that's one of the biggest challenges of, of writing for publications is you have to write about something like months in advance. And so it hasn't happened yet, but I'm always like, man, one of these times, like whatever I write about is going to be completely wrong or changed by the time yeah. publishing happens. It's one of the reasons uh, where Mike Lyons told me before, it's one of the reasons he, he doesn't write more books is because the books that he's written all require such uh, incredible amounts of updating over time. And it's hard to update books. But um, what I was, what I was writing about was a continuation of those two articles that were the required reading at the end of last year around you know, digital marketing isn't worth as much as you think it is. And then, no, it's just your attribution models are broken. As I was trying to convey this in a thousand word article <laughs> for, for Professional Builder Magazine, uh, it really kind of hit me that we're, we are about to pop a second kind of bubble in terms of you think about the stock market and, and what a bubble means there or, or bubble in the housing market. It does seem like we're about to to cause another bubble to be burst when it comes to digital attribution methods, and I kind of just quickly went through through it in a way that was new to me and how it fit in my brain. Anyway, was that the first bubble that that burst was the attention traffic click bubble, meaning you know someone would email you and say, "I've got five hundred thousand banner ads on you know geocities.com that I can sell you." for the low, low price of $2,000. And people thought, holy crap, $2,000 for all these impressions. And then even beyond that, you would get reports about all the people clicking. And and Becca, I don't know if you were in home building back in 2005 or so, 2006. I was a realtor at the time. Okay. Well, <sighs> the most popular thing that I would get asked, I felt, I feel like on a weekly basis was, these reports from realtor.com at the time, because I don't yes. think uh, Zillow was even around there. It was like, 
I'm getting to all these people who are clicking and nothing's happening, Kevin. Yes. Why? And so that's the first bubble that, that kind of blew up in everyone's face was, oh my gosh, I'm getting all these clicks, all this attention for this really reasonable price. This is amazing. Oh wait, it's not at all because half of them are, are an accident. They're not targeted in any way. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and now that caused this deep-seated distrust of digital marketing for quite a while. Again, you don't really, th- I don't think about this or I didn't think about it this way until I thought down to write this is, after that initial bubble burst of banner ads are not worth what you what you pay for, traditional media held on for another several years. Yeah, mm-hmm. newspapers, billboards, mm-hmm. radios all, all continued to be strong until we started getting this second bubble slowly built over time. Which was, well, now hold on a second, folks, because now now we can tell what's actually causing a sale to happen or not yeah. if it's going through the digital channels. Mm. And um, We've been warning about this for a long time that, you know, you just need to get to like 70 or 80% and then you're, you're in a good enough shape to be able to make important decisions. But instead, what, what's happened to some people I've noticed is that they have completely opted out of having to engage with the data at all. They literally just look at a report that says, all my leads come from this source. And so that is where mm-hmm. I shall put all my money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so and true. We can't afford to do that. It's no. it, it is causing this other bubble, yeah. In terms of digital ad spending right now, that I think will harm a lot of people who are who are going too far. And even when you think about, if you're looking at a report like that, and it doesn't make sense to your actual real experience, if you lay those two things down and you say, it doesn't quite match up one to one, the overlap of where the data is saying, no, this is definitely something that doesn't work. And then your actual experience of knowing that sometimes it does, that overlap is probably your opportunity zone. Yeah. It's the way to identify that the data is telling me there's nothing here, but I know there's something here because I pay attention to what's actually going on in the front lines with customers, what they're thinking, what they're saying, how they're acting. So a lot more to come on that. And actually, ironically, probably less words than I've already used to describe the article, but in a more, <laughs> a more succinct, direct, and, and codified thought, thanks to editors, than, than what I just described here. It's great stuff, though. That'll be yeah. awesome. So you said May? We get I the- think so, yeah. Cool. And my test was, you know, I, I, wrote, I wrote this article, and then I gave it to my wife, and I said, can you read this and tell me what your thoughts are? And I said, Not, nothing for grammar. And she was like, this is so interesting. Like, yeah. there's oh. all this has to go into all this and I never I mean yeah. she knows she's being tracked in everything she does but yeah. she's still just like wow there's there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff yeah I was like but you you followed it yes okay then we can hit we can hit publish on this one <laughs> it's always a good thumbs up yeah all right well let's move on to the news oh wait we do have a, a voicemail line that you are welcome to call in with questions comments brilliant statements insights uh, you can tell us who our next guest should be. Whatever you want to do, you can call in. That number is 404-369-2595. But on to the news. Uh, The first one is near and dear to my heart. Uh, It's from a fantastic company called 1000 Watt. They are a a branding marketing firm that services the traditional real estate business. Um, But they're worth following. They they do a lot of of great blog posts like this one. And this one's titled TikTok 
please stop. <laughs> and the author, Jessica Sweeney, her, her basic premise is that everyone's just getting too excited about the next new thing, which you've heard us talk a lot about. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that people are overvaluing the medium, the, the device, the platform that's being used, and undervaluing the message that, that you're communicating to people when you yes. are using the medium. It, it's, it's basically the, a, a different way is just show up and you win versus <laughs> yeah. showing up and providing any type of value. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, didn't, I didn't actually, I already retweeted with my own thoughts on this article yesterday, but I didn't actually watch the examples that were linked to. So you guys will have to tell me, uh, what, what did you see? Oh, go ahead. I know you were diving deeper into that. Yes. All right. So um, the first one was actually kind of a good example because it's a realtor. And in one of his um, TikTok videos, he talks about what kind of credit scores you need to be able to buy a house. And he goes into, well, you need at least a 580 to do anything. But you can have much higher, much better. I mean, money talks about student loans. So he's actually, I mean, they're quick. They're, you know, 15 seconds quick, but they're also informative, mm-hmm. which I think he was better than the, than the other one would, was more of the, um, Zachary Loft, who, who has yeah. half a million followers on TikTok. Yes. Uh-huh. He's more of a shock and awe, I think, than, than informative. Well, one thing I liked that they say in this is just the fact that, and we talked about this before, about anything new that comes along that creates, generates a lot of that hype, but it could go either way with the fact that you could have, you know, little positive brand awareness. And then if you're not doing it right, or it takes off in the wrong way, it's like, you know, could cause any kind of brand damage. So at the end of the day, granted, I know some people look at this as like a a promise of free exposure, but you're still spending the time to create content and do something with this that you aren't sure where it's going to go, especially because the demographic is what they said, 60% of the active users are under the the age of 18. So they they kind of joke about that, the fact that you know, a kid who's waiting after basketball practice for their parents to pick them up. Like how, you know, like at they're that not point. Gonna, yeah, they're yeah. not going to buy a house. <laughs> they're, they're kind of just yeah. going through it. So, yeah. I mean, after scrolling through while you guys were talking, Zachary's TikToks here, there is no way in the world I would trust this individual. <laughs> no, with, no. no. Like, watching my dog for a week, let alone being involved in the transaction. <laughs> yes. the only possible benefit i can see from this is if he believes that he can become locally famous this is the other part that drives me nuts about all this stuff is half a million followers and how many are even geographically financially right like there there is no there's there's no focus to this energy it's just become famous for being silly goofy Mm -hmm. and talking a little bit about real estate yeah but oh my goodness i mean this stuff is awful what I thought was interesting is some people, even though this is a well-respected firm in, again, in the existing home space, they were arguing already on Twitter with them, like, hey, guys, you know, I think you're great, but you don't understand, like, you just got to get out there, get out there and experiment and see what sticks and what works and what doesn't. And I applaud all these people for, for getting out there. I just was kind of shocked that, that 
this is such a strong idea that people just can't, it's like moths to a flame. You just can't, mm-hmm. can't stay away. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, th- I think the answer is if you want to be personally well-known, then, then that, there might be an opportunity there. But again, well-known for what? And how focused is that audience? Because yeah. maybe 300 of his 500,000 followers are in Russia. Yeah. What's that going to yeah. do for him? <laughs> you know? I don't see them really putting a whole lot of effort into finding analytics and being able to have a, yeah. an advertising platform that gives you any sort of data to use yeah. to build upon at the moment. So the, the takeaway from the article, the other takeaway from Chris Smith, who runs a company called Curator, which we have a lot of respect for as well, very similar to DYC for, for real estate agents, everyone, including me. And I know we talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I, I let Andrew and Thais do it because they were interested in it. But TikTok's not a place for home builders to be. It just, it just isn't. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Moving on to more important things than TikTok, though, is mortgage rates are falling due to the coronavirus. And so there's good and bad here, right? So the the good is, and this is an article from Bloomberg.com, US 30-year mortgage rates tumble to a record low of 3.29. So rates tumble to the lowest on record, lower than the financial crisis of 2008-2009. They're down at these historic rates, partly due to the coronavirus, which we talked about last week. You know, who knows? what that full extent will be, but there certainly is a lot of fear around that. And so it's great the rates are low. Let's talk about that first. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find a calculator, which probably every home builder site should have, because it would make it easier for the show, if nothing else. But <laughs> the, the buying power that you get when rates go down, we used to have a card, um, had like a clear plastic thing. It was like, you know, those books where you pull things when you're a kid and like stuff moves around the page. Yeah. Pop, like a, it was kind of like that, but it was for, for what your buying power does. And so every you know half a point, quarter point that's reduced in rate means that you know the same house is now more affordable and therefore more attainable to a larger number of people. So one thing as marketers we have to remember to do is that we need to communicate what that means. Not just that rates are down, now's a good time to buy. Rates are down, and that means this house is, is now $100 less a month or would require a different amount of capital on your end. There's an example at the bottom of the 30-year mortgage rate. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay, there we go. Yeah, right in this article. <laughs> Buying power for purchasers increased by twenty-five dollars to $30,000 with the rate decline in just the past couple of weeks, Yeah, it says. Kevin, I agree with you. The fact that having some sort of measurable with whether it's the monthly payment or how much less it is, I think that's something that people can quickly look to and realize how much that percentage is such a good thing for them instead of just hearing that it's so much lower. It's relatable with all of a sudden, if you're looking at a $300,000 house and your mortgage payment would have been $1,500 and now it's $1,300, that makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a car payment on a on a Kia, right? I mean yeah. that's you free Kia when you buy a home. So so that's the good news. The the bad news, but also I think the good news, and we don't do a lot of financial slash business talk necessarily on this podcast, but I think it's important for marketers to understand that. Uh, and this article is from MarketWatch.com. 
The headline is mortgage rates fall to all-time low, like we just said, amid the coronavirus concerns. Here's why you should think twice about waiting to refinance, but also just the opportunity of you can't buy a house that's not for sale. Yeah. So what they're saying is be careful about refinancing because they may actually go lower. But also, if you're if you're refinancing, you also might be missing out on the opportunity to put your home up for sale because homes are going to continue to sell well. This sounds a little counterintuitive, but but here's how this works. Supply and demand is what caused the big pain last time around because we had houses for sale. Some builders, like one of my former employers who had enough homes built and finished to encompass like a small town, <laughs> no wow. one wanted to buy them, right? So in this case, what we have is a scenario where mortgage rates are going down and yet people may not be able to take advantage of it because there's not enough houses to buy. And I think this is the silver lining is not enough people are selling their home, partly because they've refinanced to such a low rate before and they have to wait a couple of years before financially would make sense for them to sell. You follow? Mm-hmm. So when you refinance, you're thinking, how long am I going to continue to be in this home? People lock in really low rates. They're, they're more likely to uh, stay put for, for a period of time. But you might want to think about whether you should simply sell. But again, the flip side is, what are you going to buy? Right. And this is where the sort of supply and demand curve is going to continue to keep, I think, the housing market not on fire necessarily like it has been to start the year but steady. Mm-hmm. Basically, as fast as we can build them, they're still likely to sell as long as we're reasonable on price. And again, in the existing home end of the spectrum, it looks a little bit different than new homes. And that what ends up happening in this situation is the prices spike up even faster than the price increase on new, new construction. Because the home's already sitting there. Someone wants to sell, they get multiple offers, they sell at the highest one. Mm-hmm. And that then impacts the next house that's going to go for sale and so on. So, so Kevin, real quick, of, yeah, your ahead. thoughts on this with granite. I know it is March and it's, you know, kicking off into, you know, the, the almost like that starting gate for everybody lined up at the street, you know, to take <laughs> off. Do you think oh, that everything start. I think what, what you said is what's going to c- continue to get stronger on the existing side. Yeah. But the new home selling season started and Google Trends confirms this if you look it up, literally the day after Christmas is when the typical spike that we would see early in the year began. So do you think this has with the drop and with the mortgage rates and the fact with mm-hmm. they're not having as much, uh, you know, in with resale homes available, is that really circled around the virus or is it do you think just this time of year? What do you think? Is it? Oh yeah. So what, like what's causing the lack of homes available? Do you you really think that it's the virus per se? Like it's, it's, I know they kind of, no, no? okay. No, I, I don't think it's the virus at all. I think we have been under constructing due to affordability concerns. I mean, a lot of builders just don't like, why would I, I could build affordable homes. They'd have to be an hour away from wherever I think people would actually want to live. And so they're really hesitant to, to begin those projects overall. Yeah. The other thing is that investors are back in the market in a big way. Part of what you're seeing right now, if you are financially inclined like myself and you're, and you're watching markets rather closely, is there is a company that allows people to purchase investment properties over the internet. 
Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the company. It doesn't really matter. But they just announced that they have had a 500% increase wow. in foreign buyers using the site to purchase homes as a investor oh, wow. to then rent, rent those properties. And so investors are snatching up homes to, to rent them because that allows, that's another way for, for affordability to be solved is I don't have to put any money down. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if I'm not putting $50,000 down on a house, I can stretch those dollars out over the course of the three to four, whatever years I rent the property. So we've got investors coming in because property is still relatively more safe than the stock market. It's not as liquid. You can't mm-hmm. get your money in and out as fast, but homes rarely are worth nothing. Whereas a stock (laughs) by definition can become worth nothing. And so housing is really more of an issue of timing. You don't want to have to sell a house when the market's down, but as long as you can afford to wait until the market changes, it's a more solid investment from that standpoint. So we've got too many investors in the market. We've got builders not building enough. And, and then we also have the market really taking off sooner than people were expecting. So again, (laughs) Part of this may also be the market has overall, both new and existing, done so much better than people were expecting. And, and even friends of mine just put their house on the market yesterday. And because they don't pay attention like we do, he was just telling me, you know, yeah, we're, we know we're a little bit early. We were concerned about putting our home on the market this early in the, in the year. And I was like, huh? What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, this is perfect time. Yeah. So it also may be that this is going to be solved a little bit. Uh, as more people, we enter that traditional existing home selling season of March to mid-summer. All right, let's take a quick break. and we come back, we'll be doing this week's 360 topic of the week, registering walk-in traffic in the year 2020 with Cody Smith from Novi Home. And I got to tell you, I'm always super skeptical about new products and services because a lot of times people bring things to market, to our market, because they're sure that there's so much money to be made from working with home building companies because you, you see the revenue number and you're like, oh, wow, this company sold $100 million in, in sales and they don't realize that the cost of goods for us is so high and builders generally have a very small as a percentage amount of money for, for sales and marketing efforts compared to other industries. But I, there's something different about what, what they're doing with Novi Home. You're going to find it, I think, pretty compelling. We'll be right back. And we're back and joined by Cody Smith, the president at Novi Home. Uh, Novi Home has been in our space since uh, mid to late 2018. And we're going to talk about what they're doing in the space, the disruption that they're trying to bring and the the innovation and ease that they're trying to kind of bridge this gap between online and on-site in a unique and different way. Cody, thanks for joining us. No, thank you guys for for allowing me to be on the podcast and and I appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, and we met for a few minutes at the Builder Show and we had a great conversation and Cody started to explain the product in more detail and I was like, "Oh, nope, hold on. Let's let's do as much as we can on the show." So, as usual, mi- minimal show prep. That's <laughs> I don't know why we're proud of that. We, we are. are. It's <laughs> authentic, right? It's real conversation versus like, "Hey, here's line 1, line 2." 
Yeah, as it happens. Yeah. So Cody, Novi Home is a name that I've heard people uh, talk about to me for, I feel like about the last six to to eight months in earnest, but you guys have been around since 2018. So, so where did, where did Novi Home come from and kind of tell to us about how things are accelerated in terms of, of acceptance of the product. And then we'll quickly circle back to exactly what it does, which what you're probably wondering. No, absolutely. So we have a sister company in the medical industry called TouchMD. And I think we are sitting at 1,400 clients in 15 different countries. And last year, we, we had 100 or 1.2 million clients that were registered in, into what, you know, our technology. And I was part of that team and, and we, we loved it and it was fun, but I'm not super interested in the medical industry. And so started to look at areas to expand and kept coming back and landing on the builder industry and, and primarily experience that I have had in the past as I've searched for homes and received like, hmm. you know, a brochure, you know, for example, when we did our, our product research for the, for this technology, I went into the top two builders in Utah as if I was a consumer or a buyer and said, look, I have sure. a half a million dollars and, and, looking to purchase the home. And my experience was, here's a black and white plat map and a colored <laughs> colored yeah. piece of paper and with the floor plan and let us know if you have any questions. And so we felt like we have a technology and a solution that could fill the gap of first point of contact to contract and engaging buyers and creating a better experience than, you know, here's a piece of paper with our floor plans. Yeah, yeah. I had the same experience in 2018 when I built and my wife who has, has no familiarity with the industry. She's like, that's it. Like they aren't even like, there's no iPad. There's nothing like, there's nothing cool. Here's a printout, black and white, like piece of paper for the floor plan. Like she was very underwhelmed with we're spending this much. And here's the technology when she's used to like picking anything else out in the whole world. And it's the technology is years and years ahead of where the, uh, the builder space is. And so at this point, how... And we don't need exact numbers, but but roughly how many home builders have taken the the leap to join the platform so far? You were just under a hundred. So wow, we're, we're looking really to hit cool. that hundred mark. I mean, that's going to be a big celebration for us. Yeah, party time. Yeah, um, you know, as we as we grow our business. So you're trying to make the selling process less complex for the sales agent. And you're also trying to improve the experience for the buyer. So let, let's dive into what, what the system actually is. When we say words like platform or app or some of these more abstract things, let's just kind of break it down to what the... First, let's talk about what the customer would experience as they're interacting with Novi Home. Yeah. So the first thing we identified as we started to do our market research within the industry is traditionally, a lot of builders are still using that paper intake form. And <laughs> yeah, I'm a Gen X guy, um, could definitely be labeled as a millennial. That for me is such, it, it, I will not give you that information on, through that platform. I mean, I always use the scenario of we all go to the mall. We all walk by the Toyota Tundra that they're giving away in the middle of the mall that says register to win. And yeah. none of us stop and register because we don't want to give a, we know what's going to happen. Yep. So. From a, a sales and, and a builder ownership side, we, we quickly identified that, hey, they're not getting the data 
or the buyer's information because there's no way buyers are giving them correct information. And and so our first solution was to create a really non-threatening way for builders to c- capture that first point of contact data. And we, we introduced that with Novi Focus, or excuse me, Novi Show, which is our first app that we brought to the industry. And Novi Show takes, what we do is we take all the builders' marketing collateral, Matterport, renderings, photo tours, descriptions of communities, floor plans, and we create this. It, 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 goes, on an, it goes on an iPad or, or a Microsoft 10 computer. Um, and it's a really easy way for seller agents or builders to introduce their product to a buyer that walks into a model home or for an online sales counselor where they can say, hey, Kevin, thanks for coming in today. Excited to show you our community. We have some technology. You can download this app on your phone or you can access this from your computer and you can see all of our move-in ready models. Everything that we're going to talk about today, you can access it from your home. Just need to get you set up. So it's the same experience that the salesperson is showing them in, in the, in the sales office or in the model home that they're able to take home. It's not a different thing. So that, so that's part of the, some people who might be more skeptical are like, well, it's, it's all the data that's already on my website. Cody just said, they're going to take it from my website and put it in here. What's different, but the fact that it's in the app environment and we've, gosh, even this year at the show, there's, I feel like every year they're trying to outdo themselves with how much more expensive they can make these visual tools in sales offices. (laughs) Look at this table that's like 30 feet long and you can build houses with your, with your forefinger and pinky. It's awesome. It's exciting when you're in that environment and then you ask what the price for that is. And they're like, Oh, you know, somewhere between somewhere between is always great too. Somewhere between 20 and $180,000. And you're like, what? Somewhere. What? So, so any, anytime the customer can see and learn that that experience and use the tool, and then you're giving them access to the exact same tool, I can see where the reason for the customer to give that information increases for sure. Yes, yeah, we did, you know, market research. And again, we've done a ton of market research. I think in 2018, the number was 78% of home buyers found their home from a mobile device or looked at their home from a mobile device. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the trend... And the ability for builders to occupy that space, it, it's very important. You know, it's very important for builders and, and salespeople to be on the buyer's mobile device. Absolutely. And you talk about the reaction to that paper card, which we know that most salespeople like literally throw it at the prospect like a Frisbee and are like, you fill this out. Like there's pens over there. Go, go fill it out. Uh, Quint, I know you would never do that. Um, if you're listening, Quint Lears. Never. But that's what that was, that's what my experience is a lot of time is like, oh, those are those. Can you go fill that out? It's 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 over there. Go find it. Um, but there is, I, I think you're absolutely right. There's this thing where Gen X, Millennial, whatever. Yeah, I would say even my my father, who is 75, would probably have a similar reaction to being asked to fill out a paper card. And uh, one quick story: there's a builder in California that, in, in California, is kind of like Canada which is kind of like some some parts of Texas and Utah. It's its own thing. But they had 100 traffic units in a week to a community and they were using paper reg cards. And so they had that 100 number from the cards that were taken and then put into their CRM system. And all we did was make a very simple landing page in Unbounce, put it on an iPad. So just doing 
like one tenth of what Novi Show does, <laughs> yeah, or one one fifth. Uh, that's all we did was just put it on an iPad, and the salesperson in the home was a little bit concerned that people would push back. And we found the exact opposite, where it where people would push back on the paper card, the exact same information on an iPad screen. He said people just kind of looked at it over and and they didn't say this, but they their body language was just like, oh, I know what to do. And they started to sign in. And they got 300 people in the following week simply because they were giving them a screen to and, and it was almost this um this visceral reaction to a paper card that's just like, ah, no thanks. Whereas the iPad was just, yep, fill out the same same questions. The 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 paper card is very intrusive and threatening to consumers. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. If it's a paper card, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not filling that out. <laughs> There's a meme for you, Andrew. There's show meme, show paper a paper card. rush card invasive and like, threatening. But I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, even like, uh, which I cannot stand them, but like say some of the stores, hey, one that just went out of business down here, Earth Fair, organic market. You would, if you wanted like the stupid card to like for them to track you, which is, I'm like, this is weird. You have to fill out like this paper form. So I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, why can't I just swipe this? And like, that's it. I, I've got the best story for you on, and I tell this one all the time on the intake Ooh. forms. The the first builder that we beta tested, they were doing some intake. They they had some intake cards, you know. So and, and their thing was not only was it hard to gather the information with the intake card, but then they had to go over and punch it into a CRM yeah. or, or manual entry. Like right. Um, so it was you know it was dual entry for them. It was very frustrating. So as we were launching this product. And it was kind of our beta, you know, real raw Novi Home first edition. He said, this is my issue. And I went over and looked at his intake, <laughs> intake card. And the first one said, I, I, we're based out of Utah. So the first one yep. said, the real Carl Malone. You know, Carl Malone, the basketball player. <laughs> Obviously not, not, not going to happen. Um, the second That's one funny. said, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Right? <laughs> Obviously not going to happen. And the third one that he showed me said, do not call me. And I yep. was like, yeah, okay, that's the first problem we're going to solve for these folks. And that's that's where we started. And this is, uh, uh, we're definitely going to beat this horse to death, but you use the word intake, which tells me that you definitely came from the, the medical industry. Right. And that's the other most frustrating thing is anyone who's not using an actual card, but who is asking the customer, by the time especially... Usually, oftentimes in today's world, when you get to the last name, that that whole process blows up. But especially once you get to the email address, and you know you're speaking to another person who's trying to transcribe it into a digital device, and you're just like, "Why? Like, just here, here's my card. Like, take it from that." It is it mm-hmm. in, intake, which I've never really thought about it that that way for some reason. Uh, is is definitely what we're trying to do, and we're making it way too complicated. To, to your point. So, so Novi Show takes all the data, and I think everyone's familiar with some version of, of a pretty iPad or touchscreen device that's got uh, content that can be viewed. But if you get a chance to go on, on the website, novihome.com, you'll see it. It, is, it does look very, very nice. But that iPad experience also formats in the Novi Show app to, I'm guessing, uh, that, that mobile phone size very well, too. Yes. So, and we can do the big screens that are, I've got, we've got clients that have 16 screens up on the wall and, and, you know, the desk mounted screens, we can do all that technology. What we're learning is, um, salespeople are so mobile and they're so, 
they're moving quickly, especially in some of these big communities where there's a lot of foot, foot traffic. And the iPads or a Microsoft Surface are just so simple to move around, to interact. Yep. Salespeople like to talk with their hands. I, I, I'm talking with my hands right now. This allows them <laughs> to put something in their hands and, and talk with the potential buyer. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I know Steve Shoemaker tells the story of they, they have these touchscreen devices that, that at one point, I'm not sure that they still, if they still use them or not. But but when I was out there like nine years ago, I was like, this is awesome. He goes, yeah, and almost always half of them are broken. They're expensive. There's maintenance. They're not mobile. And so again, quick story. I was w- working for a builder and at Heartland, we had been using iPads almost since they were done in some, again, very rudimentary version of what you're doing now. And, and, and someone else is like, no, we're, we're going to $10,000 touch screens and we're going, we're putting all, and then flash forward six, six to 12 months later, they were ripping out all those touch screens and going back to iPads because I also think there's something personal of when you hand the device to the customer or you, the salesperson are using it. Anytime you're learning something new, you don't want to look stupid while you're doing it. And a large de- screen or device puts whoever is using it on display, so to speak, and it can cause hesitation in interacting with it. It's what is what I've seen. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So Novi Show t- intakes the yep. data, gives them a good experience. And then how does the customer get the app on their phone? Are these are these branded individually or they're all going through the uh, a Novi app and then have a separate login? How does that work? Yeah. So great question. So as soon as you know we capture the buyer information right there at that intake form what we call it the intake form as soon as you hit save instantly that buyer receives a text message that's white labeled for the builder to download the builder's app which is basically all of the marketing material everything that we've created for that builder they'll also receive an email to access the same information from their computer Oh, and why cool. we do that is your your Gen X, your millennials, and we're even seeing in our 55 plus communities, a lot of the baby boomers will instantly download the app on their phone. But a lot of people want to go back to their computer and pull it up. Maybe they go back to a, a cubicle or, or, you know, back to work and they want to pull it up through the traditional method. So we hit them both ways. And so as soon as they're registered, they get access to what we call the Novi Home Buyer app, which allows them to explore and look at everything that the builder is creating. Now within Novi Show, um, we don't want salespeople spending 30 minutes on the Novi Show app. We really want them to register the buyer. And then you have the ability to go in and star or recommend a Mm. floor plan, a community. That's smart. Multiple floor plans. And, And the app for the buyer, the Novi Home Buyer app, is really mimics Instagram and Facebook in that anything that we recommend is pushed to the top. Mm -hmm. So Kevin, if you came in and I recommended two floor plans for you and start the golf course or the swimming pool or whatever, that would be at the very top when you log in. But then you have the ability as a consumer or buyer to then go in and explore everything. And you can, from the Right there on your smartphone, whether it's an Android or an iPhone, you can look at everything that the builder has going on, which has been a big success for us in builder feedback in that while now our Matterports that that we've created and we didn't know how to push those out to a buyer or renderings or different things, 
the buyers are accessing, accessing those all the time and very easily within two clicks on their phone. And the builder can get that analytic data pushed back to them. Correct. Yeah. So that's where it gets really interesting. And, and really our splash within the industry is anything that a buyer looks at when they leave that model home. And, you know, we talked about that example earlier, when they leave that model home with a, a brochure or a couple pieces of paper, your salespeople and you as the builder have no clue what they're looking at. But with Novi Home, as they leave that, that meeting, that sales appointment, and they walk to their car and they start to click on floor plans, or they go home that night and start showing their significant other what they looked at, we mm-hmm. track all those analytics and literally push it right back to the salesperson. So the salesperson is getting real-time feeds of what their buyers are looking at, which from an engagement and sales that's why we, you know, we've been dubbed the sales efficiency tool is our sales agents know exactly what their buyers are looking at. That's awesome. Now, let's talk about, yeah. for a second about integration with, with CRM systems. Or sorry, Andrew, did you have something else first? I'll say that's, that's really cool. And, and then leading <laughs> right to you, like, well, how do we communicate once if the sales agent is like, oh, I thought they really liked this floor plan. That's when we spent 30 minutes in. But now, look, they've been on this one floor plan for and all night. They've been looking at it. Like what's the the next step? Yeah, it allows for the follow up. You know, a lot we we get a lot of feedback from builders where they say, you know, we'll spend an hour and a half showing a family this six hundred fifty thousand dollar home, and then three months later find out that they purchased a four hundred thousand dollar home from mm-hmm. our competitor down the street, and the whole time they just didn't want to tell us that they could afford the house. We had a four hundred thousand dollar option, but I never showed it to them. So these analytics are allowing, you know, those mistakes or in that sales process. If the sales agent doesn't identify, hey, they they don't have this budget. Yeah, and they go. It's oh. a, it, yeah, go ahead. What, what I what I love is it it continues the one of one of the themes of of my career, which has been you know marketing's role to support as like the the net between the high trapeze act. And so if there is a miss in that uh, meet and greet, qualify, uh, rapport building time, then you can recover from a marketing perspective. That data can help you recover. And like you're saying, not miss out on on that initial mistake in qualification. No, absolutely. That's awesome. So back back to integration questions. How open is the platform to, to, to pushing the data, both in registration and analytic or... Uh, as as the customers are using it, uh, what type of platforms can get that data? Is there any restrictions or companies so, that you've connected with to yeah, start? Great question. And, and our model and our business plan is is to make everything better and easier for the builder and his sales team and his marketing team. So we will integrate with anybody. Uh, we have an open API, which um, is is a tech term for basically our front door is open. And yeah. And so we, Salesforce, HubSpot, Lasso. So all uh, three of those, all three of those, there's another uh, CRM in the um, uh, master plan communities called Focus 3 that we have a full API integration with. Um, nice. Salesforce and, and HubSpot, we have a Zapier. Uh, Lasso, mm-hmm. we have a Zapier, which Zapier, for those folks out there, basically just means as soon as we capture on the registration side, it pushes right into the CRM. And we can push right into 
the sales agent, an identified sales agent with, within the CRM, which is really cool because right now, one thing that as we've partnered with CRMs and, and worked with them, what, what we've quickly identified is your CRM is only as good as the data that's being put in there. So yeah. if you have a sales team that is too busy to take those paper intake forms and then go back to their computer and put it into the CRM, it almost looks like it's not working. Our CRM's not working. Well, that's not true. They're, they just don't have the data. So we can push the registration right in there and instantly um, go into whatever drip campaigns. And, and that's where the, the CRM takes control and, and does their thing. And at the Builder Show, you guys released one of your final pieces to this puzzle anyway, in terms of the, the Focus app. Talk about how that works and what that's doing for the sales agent. So the Focus app has been a long time coming. As we've launched into this industry, the, the Focus app was, you know, our Patrick Mahomes. That was our secret weapon. <laughs> and, and it just took us a minute to understand the industry and make sure that we build it correctly. We, we had it, it was in beta for four months with builders that we had selected to make sure they run it through the ringer and, and identified any problems. The Focus app is, is, for the sales agent and every person that they register, every person that they engage with automatically goes into the focus app and that is on their phone. And anytime that buyer logs in, the agent will get pinged or a notification, just like the weather, you know, the weather app or Instagram or Facebook, if you have those notifications on and they can look in and see, oh, okay, my buyer's looking at these five models or I just met with this guy today and he went home and he's already engaging. But instead of looking at this model, he's looking at the move in readies and a financing in information. Okay. Mm. Maybe, um, but it, everything, everything we've created is very mobile and real-time analytics so that the salespeople can be at a, a family event in the afternoon, get pinged on their phone, quickly look at it and know exactly what their buyer's looking at. And then think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to engage them. Um, I'll, I'll reach out to them via phone or email or et cetera. But the, the app has the ability to also take notes. And, and we primarily focus on auto dictation, which basically means the sales agent can pull up that buyer, click on the notes, and just talk into their phone. And it will push the notes right into that buyer's profile. And there's some other really cool things, progression photos and photos can be, be taken right there through the app, but it's been a, a big hit. Yeah. It, those people. Again, for those of very you who cool. can't see the screens that I'm looking at, it's essentially very, very simple and straightforward. And I don't mean that at all. Simple is not a bad word. It's a, it's a great word <laughs> for, for new home salespeople. It's very straightforward showing you how many hot prospects you have, how many cold, how many are in contract, how many have closed activity levels for those individuals. And so it almost reminds me of like a, a data studio dashboard kind of visual element that is not intended, I don't think at all, to replace the CRM. It's, and that's why I'm using the data studio analogy is data studio, you could have 100 different pages in there, but it's not designed to replace going into analytics or going into your Google Ads account or going into your Facebook account to address issues or to look in more detail, but it's a great dashboard. And I think that's 
what it looks like is, yeah, you can do some some basic additional functions that are CRM-like, but eventually its main focus is to say, no, get back in there, go find Kevin Oakley and Happy Acres and take action, which I think is awesome. And and simple, that's that's music to my ears. Um, I think so many times people are hesitant with technology because it does get complicated. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's as we add features and as, as we build our technology and, and, and what we're doing, it's always, let's keep this simple, very easy to use, effective, so that people, you know, th- at the end of the day, we want, our main focus is the buyer and creating this experience when they walk away from the model home or they've engaged the online sales counselor. Our secondary focus is builders selling more homes, right? And they, they, they work together. If there's a buyer experience, the builder knows what's going on. He's going to be able to sell the homes. Yep. Um, and so s- simple is good. <laughs> Easy is good. Yeah. That's right. A couple, couple rapid fire questions. Talk to me about um, updates. So are you pulling the data from the builder through a feed or an XML? How, how are you getting the data and how often can that data then be updated and, and how much... Talk to us about how that works. I'm yeah. just curious how much maintenance there is mm-hmm. for the builder. So now we we can totally nerd out on the the, the analytics. Um, <laughs> nice. So nice. there's a, a number of different ways. With the Novi Focus app, that gives real-time data right to the agent. And that is being used uh-huh. a lot in sales meetings. Instead right. of pulling up a spreadsheet or who's your type A leads and type B leads, a sales manager can see, um, we call it an administrator view. Some people call it like a God's view where they can see every salesperson within their portfolio and they can see all of the people that they're working with. Mm-hmm. The sales agent can see all of their people and, and be able to, you know, like you said, there's a hot, cold contract closed buckets within the platform. And then when we we set this up, we talk with, typically it's like a marketing person. It, it depends on every every builder, right? Sometimes it's the builder but we say, what analytics are you looking for? What do you need? And then we create a either biweekly or monthly report that we send to them. So what and why we do that is we quickly identified if we say, hey, Mr. Marketing person or Mr. Builder, go onto our platform and pull all the reports that you need and, and good luck with that. It wasn't, it wasn't simple, <laughs> it wasn't right? Well. Um, so we... They have each builder has an account manager that's assigned to their account that will update and make changes to the Novi show. And, and that account manager will also pull a report of the analytics we can provide based on what that builder wants. So if a builder says, Hey, I want to know foot traffic in these four model homes, I want to know how many registrations I'm getting. And then I want those registrations broken down by which salespeople are registering buyers. We'll send that over to him once a month shows up in a in an email sometimes mm-hmm. the format depends different formats you know it's sometimes an excel sheet yeah and i love it they deliver that that's awesome that was awesome intricate details but i was actually um it's my fault for asking the oh. question no, novi show the the data in terms of pictures imagery matterport descriptions etc how how is that updated in the app is there any manual adjustment needed or, or are you pulling that data from like the same XML feed that they might be sending a Zillow or a BDX or, yeah. or, or okay. something else. I, I totally missed that one. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you still gave uh, us some good stuff there. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. 
Yeah. So typically when we create that, the marketing team will give us access to a Dropbox for some of the basic stuff that needs to be changed. Like some of our builders that are constantly updating plat maps or they have an interactive uh-huh. plat map. Well, interactive plat maps, we just um, hyperlink in with those and pull them into the platform. But if there's like a JPEG image with the plat maps, we'll show the the builder and his team, the marketing team, the sales team, they can very quickly within 30 seconds make an update to the Novi show. And then we can also pull in from live feed. So if they're updating to a Zillow or Realtor.com or right. um, some other feed, we can pull those in. And and there's an auto update feature that we can pull those into. That's Novi awesome. Because right now, as hot as the market has been, I, I feel like half the time on my, on my coaching calls with, with marketers around the country, they're like, the one of the biggest annoyances, which is, it makes me laugh because um, they haven't been through 2008, <laughs> 2009, obviously. It's just like, I, you know, by the time I get a home listed or a price updated, it's changed or it's sold or it's gone because the action is just so fast and furious right now. So getting those, those updates uh, pushed through via feed is awesome. Okay. So for all this magic wizardry that, that you've, you've talked about, can we talk pricing at all? So oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll kind of elaborate and define pricing a little bit, but we're pretty straightforward. So it's a $3,000 setup fee and we charge $1,000 a month with a 12 month minimum commitment. But what if I have five communities? If you have okay. five communities. We don't care. That's fantastic. If you have, what if 20, I have 22 communities? 22 communities <laughs> we're okay with. If you, no, but I've got, I've got 30 salespeople. How much is it? Again, I love it. You're just leading this in for me. Um, we we don't track by salespeople, so we don't we don't track by salespeople or communities. If you know, if you're a regional builder or a national builder, we'll typically break that down by a PNL or a region, and each region yeah. will have what we call their own license. If you're if you're a builder that does 300 homes a year and you're in six different communities and you have eight salespeople. That's a $3,000 setup, $1,000 a month. And then what's interesting, another thing that really catches people off guard is um, we're not like your website companies. We don't charge for changes. So unlimited changes, you have an account manager assigned to the account. And as you close a community out, we make the update. As you open up a new community, uh, we have builders that'll do... I met with a builder yesterday. They're doing every month, they're going to do a monthly special where there's one house that they're going to run a special on. So Mm -hmm. that will be updated automatically by our team. So the pricing is really straightforward. And and that's, that's our big. My, my skepticism when I was asking those questions just comes from, and also just tells me you guys did do your research because most people who try to bring a new product into our space, it's, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of great technology to solve all kinds of great problems, but people are always shocked when they ask me about a service and I say, you know, one of our first questions is, well, h- how much is it? And they're like, oh, it's only $300 per community. And we're like, wait, do you realize that's, that's, that expense is more than your CRM system, more than your website, like for this one small thing that's covered by this new app or solution. So I think you guys have hit it right on the head mm-hmm. in terms of, of offering it as a basically a PL or a, or a market or city uh, based pricing model that that's what technology should be doing in terms of pricing power. Yeah, we agree. And, and we've learned from, from mistakes in our other industry or our other company and from our successes. 
And one thing we learned and, and part of our business plan is, is to always treat our clients fair. You know, there's no reason to nickel and dime people. Uh-huh. Our goal is to not have you as a, as a client for 12 months, the extent of the contract. We want you for 12 years. And we want to bring value for that long. We're looking longevity and we're looking to really build partnerships and relationships more than just get a quick contract and see you later. That's good to hear. Awesome. Oh, quick, quick, quick question that I just thought of. Have you had any of your, your builders have their online sales team, say, take over cold leads just as far as like another trigger for like, oh, this person was, quote, cold for three months and now they're back using the app again. And instead well, of having, Yeah, to put uh, another way for you, Cody, like pulling a lead from one person to another. Online sales currently could be that person, but yeah, I guess uh, sometimes they just have like a, a full-time uh, sales assistant. Uh, h- how about flowing? Yeah, that's a great question, Andrew. Yep, great question. And, and I think you're saying it comes in through and the online sales counselor is the first person to touch it, but then that, is, that lead is nurtured and pushed through the system. Mm-hmm. So you have the ability, the administrators have the ability to change a lead to any sales agent within their system and it can change multiple times. And what's cool about the technology is we identify every time there's a change. So if Andrew starts with the lead and then I say, okay, Andrew, we're gonna we're gonna pass this over to Kevin, we literally put it into Kevin's bucket. We will can identify that you started with that lead and it came from you. Um, and then Kevin, let's say Kevin's the closer. He goes in and he closes the lead, we can identify that. And it's and I'll just expound a little bit more on that one Something that we didn't understand, and it was super cool that our technology uh, solves this, is when salespeople leave, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that does happen. Which yeah. we didn't understand coming into this world of salespeople are very protective of their leads. And sometimes it's theirs. It, I mean, yeah. theirs, they sat there and waited for it. It's theirs right. now forever. <laughs> I don't understand why. That's funny. <laughs> I can't believe you were shocked by that. No, that, that is definitely... Just extra color commentary here. It's definitely an industry. Like, I don't know if it came from the USUM industry first and integrated into our space or what, but a lot of other industries, it's very clear that those leads are not yours. They're the companies. Yes. It, it was super interesting when we ran into this, but we can, as you know, sales managers are managing their, their teams. I think that's me. We can, if a, if a sales agent leaves, we can take all those leads in their bucket and we can push them over to a different sales representative, which is very cool. It's instead of all those leads going away with that person, we can retain those for the builder. Okay. Final question. And it's the hardest one. Save the hardest one for last. Um, Have you had any challenges with salesperson adoption? So the marketers are like, this is awesome. Sounds great. Right product for me. Sales manager thinks this is great. I'm going to get better incremental data and I'll be able to push my team to, to follow up better and more personally with prospects. But do salespeople ever just hide the iPad in a drawer? And <laughs> or, you know, talk, talk to us about the most important thing and probably the hardest is getting the sales team excited so, to be micromanaged. And I'm not saying is, that joke. I'm smiling, but that's what they're no, no, no. potentially thinking. I know exactly what you mean. It was our number one problem we didn't anticipate coming into this world, into your guys' world. And it took us months, maybe eight months to figure out. And a lot of it was, so we, we have a mandatory on-site training mm. with every builder that comes in. So that $3,000 setup, 
includes an right. on-site training because we believe it is key. And we didn't do that at first. We said, oh, you can do an online training and we'll save money from <laughs> not flying out there and be great for yeah. the company. And then no one engaged for you know those first couple of clients that we brought on. We had to go in and, and fix that mistake. We do have that issue. We do some really cool things at our trainings. So the the first sales agent, typically the first sales agent that registers 30 buyers, we give, you know, an Apple watch away or we'll give a, like the, the training we did yesterday, we did the new AirPod Pros. So we'll do nice. some, we'll incentivize. We, we understand they're salespeople. Um, yeah. What we've noticed, any salesperson that will register 10 people, they're hooked and addicted to the analytics. So that, and that's the- kind of, that's kind of the number into like, 21 days to establish a habit, your, your number is 10. T- 10 gets them over the hump. 10, if they'll register 10 people, they'll start to receive those analytics and, and the feedback from their buyers. Right. And what the, the dopamine drip at. begins. Look, it, I can follow these people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's over. So if we get that. So that was a huge issue for us for the first six to eight months of, of us being in this industry. And the last six months, we haven't, I, w- I would love to say, yeah, we've crushed it and we have the 100% solution, but I'm very excited with what we've done in the last six months and the engagement that we're getting with the sales team. That is awesome. Cody, we are out of time, but we will include links to everything that we've talked about in the show notes, uh, as well as to uh, Cody's LinkedIn profile if you want to connect with him and bring the discussion there. But is there anything else that as we round out that you want to make sure uh, home builders and developers around North America know about, is there anything else you're hiding from us? <laughs> like I, I, I was looking at this uh, at the app store uh, and I just typed in Novi home and there's uh, this other product there called capture. Is that yeah. you too? Yeah, okay. That, so you are holding out on me. That was our first edition Novi, Novi home focus. Oh, um, uh, okay. So that you capture, for most people, they won't see that in the future. But that was our first edition of the Novi Focus, which we didn't go, you know, wasn't what we wanted. Well, where I was going with that is when, if so, once someone purchases a home and the home is under construction, the, it, it appears that the platform is also designed to allow, the, like you said, the salesperson or someone to take additional photos and push it to that customer directly. Yeah, it, so that's, that's a, a feature that we don't highlight enough. We have the ability to very quickly have agents on their way to lunch that are stopping, taking a picture of, of the progression of the home, and it just pushes right to the buyer's profile. So there's no longer do they have to go take a picture, go back to their computer, download the, the JPEG, condense it, then email it over to the buyer. Instantly, so, they can take photos and videos. Yeah, they can awesome. tag those. Um, you could say, you know, four-way inspection was completed today. That pushes right over to the buyer instantly. And then the sales agent will get a notification when that buyer has opened up that photo and viewed it. Nice. I mean, I, I'm excited. I haven't, again, full disclosure, I have not myself used the product yet or, or looked at the analytic data from any of our builder partners using the tool just yet. But if what you're describing is what you do, your pricing model, everyone should hurry up and, <laughs> and get in contact quickly because there are, there are products out there that are charging by the by the home site or by the home to create these customer portals uh, where they're able to engage like that. I mean, and and so there's this, like you said, kind of feature you don't talk about enough that that some builders are paying 
$25, $50 a home site for that you're, that you're including in there. That's awesome. Right. That's well, really cool. Yes, I forget about that one all the time. For us coming from the medical industry, that was, that was such an easy feature for us that I forget. You know, we've done so many other things and so focused so much on helping, supporting salespeople within the building industry that yeah. I forget that, oh yeah, we have this, this really cool feature, which is so easy for us to do on that side. So. Well, I think it just continues the, the story that you're telling, because if we can make that experience of going through the build process or whatever engagement the, the home building company has with the customer, even if it's just 30 days until they close, then that makes the next sale easier, hopefully by getting more referrals by, I mean, again, Andrew, if you had, if your wife had this app and could have pulled up at a party or with friends and been like, yeah, take a look at this and just hand the phone over. And it's the pictures are all right there. Not like, oh, it's in this text that I got from this weird sales guy. (laughs) Like text me at 10 o'clock at night. That doesn't feel that feel, you know what I mean? Like it, it fits right in the thing. And I'd imagine, and, and I'm probably saying a feature, I don't know if it's there or not, but it'd be cool if they could then communicate against that photo. Like, Hey, is this, this like just things that would be contextual, almost like a comment on an Instagram feed for like those right. photo updates, like, Oh, our kitchen looks amazing. Thanks. You're the best. It, or whatever. So I, I know we're running short on time. I got the best story to tell you though. As All we right, were, let's, we, and with that, with this feature. So as we were launching this product in early days of, of Novi home, um, our first community that we launched in, we had this buyer that literally logged in two to three times a day. And I could not, you know, from as we're watching the analytics and we're getting better and we're trying to understand, you know, creating this product that really impacts this industry. I kept watching and, and his name's Marty Bustillos and he's got he's done some testimonials for us on YouTube. I kept watching Marty log in over and over and over. And finally I said, okay, I'm gonna call him and Number That's one, awesome. figure out what's <laughs> Maybe going the app's on. crashing. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> like, is this an 18 year old that's living in his, you know, mom's basement and just bored or what's going on? Um, because this, this is crazy analytics. This is, you know, Instagram, Facebook type stuff. So I called Marty, introduced myself. First of all, he doesn't know who I am. Hey, Marty, this is Cody Smith with Novi Home. Nope, I've already bought a home. And I said, no. So we're the technology behind. Crescent Hills, which is where you purchase. And he goes, oh, mm-hmm. so you guys built the app. I'm, yes. He goes, first he says, I've bought, I purchased five homes in my life. This is the best experience I've ever had. And I was like, we're on to it. We've got it. It's a good start. It's yep. a good start. <laughs> and I said, well, Marty, you know, tell me a little bit about your story. And he goes, now our builder's in Utah, right? They're in Southern Utah. And he says, I live in Newport Beach, California. And we just purchased this home as our second home. And I said, well, you know, Marty, I see that you're logging in. Yeah, I, I try. I wasn't trying to be rude, but hey, Marty, you know, we can see the analytics and I see that you're using the app a lot. And he goes, yeah, my, my wife and I own a couple of spa and salons in Newport Beach. And I show, this is how I show all my friends and family the progression of the home and where we're moving in the community and what there is to do around that area. I was like... You know, for me, you know, this is yeah. early startup for us. So I was like ready to do a backflip in the office. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I called the I called the sales agent after I got done with Marty. I said, hey, you know, Jackson, have you received any referrals from Marty Bustillos? He goes, yeah, I've received three this week. <laughs> 
And, you know, then I, you know, I talked to the builder, but because of his ability to very quickly pull up everything that's going on, um, he was able to share his story and his experience. So it was really cool. That's, uh, that's the right way to end this, I think. I think so. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Cody, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for your time. I appreciate you guys uh, allowing, allowing me to be on and, and learning more about Novi Home. Uh, it'll be exciting to watch you guys continue to, to take over. Good job. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, like I said, I'm always a little bit skeptical when people release a new product or service for industry because they tend to be trying to take advantage of builders more than provide a truly useful service for the money. I mean, again, we are hearing stories of people being offered chat solutions for five, seven, ten thousand $10,000 a month, which is just ridiculous for any type of chat service on your site. I mean, you can get real humans plus chat services for less money. Than what some people so so we're always a little skeptical. We want to make sure the results are there. Uh, definitely looking forward to digging in personally more myself to the Novi Home product because of this time with Cody and learning more about the system. And uh, we've got a couple of builders who are beginning with it, and you just you can't beat the price for the value that they're producing. So we we for many years now have used Unbounce to create landing pages that can be used as a registration tool on an iPad. Uh, or any touchscreen device. And it works great. It's fantastic. You can connect it in with Lasso and other CRM systems, have the initial auto-response email uh, be sent automatically. There's all kinds of great things you can do. And Unbounce is a tool that's only 100 bucks a month, basically, for what you need to get that done. And there's a whole bunch of other use cases of how you can use that tool. So for only you know another $900 a month to add in all the other pieces that Novi Home is looking to do, it's definitely definitely something to take a look at. Um, we had to, to take everyone else on the show and put them in a safe location uh, because of the virus. I'm just kidding. So it's just me wrapping us up here on this episode. Let's go in and look at your answers to last week's question of the week, which was, what do you think about the coronavirus? Is there a need for home builders to have a plan to deal with the impact? Or is it fake news and we should all just wash our hands a little bit more? And this is uh, fascinating, kind of like the general public, it would appear. We are split essentially 50-50. It is, I think, 24 votes to 23 votes with one additional person tipping the odds in favor of, yes, the whole company needs to consider the impact. And then the rest of them is, nope, this is no big deal. No one chose, uh, this is the zombie apocalypse, save yourself. So that's good. Fear hasn't reached peak levels yet. Um, but but just like the general public, who half the people I interact with say this is no big deal, I'm not scared at all. I, I would say I fall somewhere in between on this. I'm not scared personally for myself at all or or my immediate family. My parents are in their mid to late 70s, and so I certainly don't want to be the cause of them contracting it, more likely from my snotty, snot-nosed five, five and seven-year-old boys. Um, but, you know, that, that would be a, a bad way for that to go. So not worried for myself at all. I don't want to be put in quarantine for 14 days either, but I'm not, I'm not nervous. But I, I do think there will be some changes in, in general human behavior 
that will come from this. Um, I was talking with, with Mike Lyon and some other folks earlier today that I do think as more and more people use video conferencing as a solution and they realize that it's, it's not as scary and uncomfortable as they thought it would be, you know, that, that forced exposure therapy <laughs> to some of the things that technology can let us do, I think will change consumer behavior. More people will continue to work from home uh, is another example. But I don't think it's no big deal. And I also don't think that all parts of the company necessarily need to be impacted. But again, as you guys vote, it is almost 50-50 on how this thing is going to go down. Uh, Renee Garcia, I think it's always a good idea to wash your hands. We shouldn't need a virus scare to remind us. <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, Amy Alexander, apparently the thought of saving money by locking in the current low rates is not enough of an incentive. Uh, we spoke to a realtor who had eight homes to show and her clients canceled. Jen Walsh, I think builders need to consider the impact of any product delays. Though your actual windows may not come from China, a part within them might, and it could cause delays in the build, which certainly would reflect more in cost and interest payments on a construction loan. Is it the end of the world? No, not yet, but there will be some ramifications. Heidi Schroeder, I didn't think it would affect us, but feeling it here in Washington, of course, that's a that's kind of the epicenter uh, here in the U.S. Schools are closed. Amazon and Microsoft told to work from home. Stores empty. We have definitely seen an uptick in cancellations, and so that's what everyone's trying to figure out: is this kind of what's coming down the path? if a breakout happens somewhere where I live. Uh, Carrie Woodward, it's going to mess up supply chains and that will affect us the most. Interesting that so far, consumer behavior less of a concern than supply chains. Meredith Oliver, we are seeing a slowdown in web traffic and leads. People are hunkering down, afraid to spend money. Let's hope they get over it quickly. Now, this is interesting. I, I haven't gone through our, our massive data that we, that we look at in aggregate, but incidentally, as I'm getting ready for a builder partner coaching call, we're not really seeing a drop in web traffic overall. Seems to be holding pretty steady. And again, this is the big difference between 2007, 2008, 2009. When, you know, whenever it, it hits you, you just saw an immediate 30% drop in traffic kind of overnight. And people just were not out looking. Consumers still seem to be shopping online. And again, anecdotally, in terms of sales results, people still say in February is a record month or best month of the year so far. March seems to be uh, rolling. So Amy O'Brien, as I'm reading this as I'm in an airport coming home from a week of community visits, uh, face mask emoji. Quint Lears. Hey, Quint, Mr. Rockstar. One thing I believe new home salespeople must change immediately is the need or compulsion to greet customers with a handshake. Pretty much the entire country is sold out of hand sanitizer. And that tells me that people are scared right now. I'm always willing to shake hands, but I don't initiate it and instead let the customer initiate it if they choose to. And most do not. In this new environment, we must be willing to adapt to new things. About 75% of my customers are happy just getting information without the customary handshake. Just something to think about. And I think it's, I think it's great. There's, there's lots of very, very practical small things that builders could be doing. Certainly not forcing a handshake is one of them. Having automated hand sanitizer dispenser near the entrance of your sales center or model home. Also not necessarily a bad idea just to, I mean, obviously the consumer's already there. It's not like they're going to say, I'm not coming in because there's no hand sanitizer. But in terms of the idea of how would you treat anyone who's visiting your home right now, that's something maybe to think about. And then Terry Gerhart rounds us out with, there's little reason to believe this is the end of civilization as we know it. I completely agreed. Wash your hands, self-quarantine if you're sick, be cautious if you're older then carry on for goodness sakes. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. 
for blog posts, articles, videos, downloadables, amazing insights on all things online sales and marketing for home builders, visit us at doconvert.com. You can also connect with us online on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else. Have a good week. We'll see you next time.